Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen, and this is Medicine Walk. And for those of you who are listening in on Blog Talk Radio, this is Healing House Radio. So I hope you had a great week, and I hope you found last week's information uh, helpful. My goal is that each person who chooses to go into a healing art of, of whatever energetic healing tradition you would like, that you are able to do it just hitting the ground running and not having to worry about, you know, the, the legalities and things like that, that can, you know, kind of take away from you know, the magic and the passion of being a healing practitioner. So um, anyway, you can, if this is your first video, then you can go back and we talked about some of the rules and, you know, some of the, you know, laws that are governing it and how to work with those. So this week's topic is going to be on starting off pretty much what we can do in order to uh, you know, have a healing session. So we're going to be talking about, you know, what we do before, how we manage during, and how we manage aftercare, and how we make sure that that person is taken care of in the best way possible. And if you have any questions right now for the premiere only, I am in the chat room and I am live. So what you can do is you can log into the chat room on YouTube and you can ask me questions and we can, you know, if you have anything that comes up during the episode that you have questions about or you have comments about after the premiere, then please leave any questions or comments in the comments section. And also for those of you who are on Healing House Radio, you can leave comments in the comments section and I will check them and I will get to them and address them in next week's video. So for today, uh, let's start with what it is that happens up before a healing work. Now, there are as many different healing traditions as there are healers who do them and everybody has their own way. If you have a particular way that holds a particular tradition, ritual or ceremony about, you know, these phases of a healing work, then please, you know, go with yours. What I'm offering are some really general sort of across the board types of things that you can consider in doing healing works. I've done a lot of different traditional you know, types of healing works. So these are certain commonalities that I found across different traditions. As I said, whatever you are accustomed to, whatever you work with, go with that. It's just consider some of these things that, you oh, okay, that might be a good addition. So um, before a work, the work starts when somebody asks you to help them. That is the beginning of the work. That is when the process begins, is with the inquiry, with the, with the question. Because what that does is energetically, that opens a connection between you. Whether you do the work or not, understand that an energetic uh, 
um, connection has already been established. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to do the work. But what it does mean is that, you know, the work doesn't begin when you walk into the room to take care of the person. The work begins when that first question comes. And maybe they were referred to you by someone who you had worked with. Maybe they, you know, saw you at an event. You know, maybe they they just, you know, saw you and it kind of resonated with them. For whatever reason that they come to you, they're coming to you for a specific reason. And so really honor that moment. And for new practitioners, because I remember when I was a new practitioner, that first moment when that person came up and said, you know, could you please help me? You know, I, I think you can help me get through something. You know, it is a little bit, you know, humbling and it should be, it should be humbling when that person comes to you and says, Hey, I feel like you're someone who can help me. So, you know, please don't take that moment for granted. Even as, as many works as I've done in as many years as I've been doing this, I still find that moment, you know, a, a sort of a catch my breath type of moment. It's like, okay, you know, I want to be present with this person because from that moment you are totally present with them and you should be. If, if right at that moment you cannot be totally present with them, then, you know, stop them where they are and say, okay, I can't be present with you and I know this is important. Can I speak to you in an hour or half an hour or, or you know, let's make an appointment, set an appointment time when we can sit down and I can really be present. Because if you're doing something that you're distracted at, when somebody's talking to you about, you know, something that they would like you to work on for them, you know, that's not the best scenario. Make sure that you can totally focus on them because from that point, from the point you agree to do that work to, you know, the point when the work is complete, you need to be present with them and, and focused on them. So somebody comes up to you, says, you know, they would like your help with something. The first piece, you know, once you have time to really have a conversation with them, you know, and often what I'll do is if somebody comes up to me, you know, let's say at a social occasion or at an event that I'm at or a place I'm speaking, uh, the first thing I will do is say, it's like, you know what, um, let's make an appointment so I can really focus on you and really talk to you. Because in that moment, they may not really be focused on the fact that either you're doing other stuff or, you know, you you know, maybe you're, you're, you know, if I'm at a book signing or if I'm at, you know, performing a service or something like that, where I have to pay attention to a lot of different people, then I will let them know. It's like, you know what? I want to hear everything you're saying. And, and this isn't quite the environment for us to have a really good intimate talk about this. So let's, let's schedule a time, you know, where either we talk on the phone or whatever, because in that moment, all they're focused on is, I want you to help me. And it's a very good practice to be able to start off from the place of kind of guiding the experience. Because if, you know, if you just like, oh, okay, well, let me drop everything, you know, then that's what that person will expect is that, oh, they will always drop everything for me. If you're having to focus on something else, give that your focus. Let them know it's like, you know what, you know, I will do the best job I can for you. And, um, Let's make a time where you and I can talk, where we can actually sit down and have a quiet talk. 
because I really want to hear all of what you have to say. And this isn't the best place. And you, you can even kind of imply it's like, well, you know, I want to be able to have, you know, a, a talk where I can focus on you, you know, which makes them feel like, oh, okay, they want to focus on me and it can calm them down. So, you know, you make your time, set an appointment, say, even if it's like a half an hour, an hour, whatever, you know, if it's going to be by phone, if it's going to be, you know, on like video chat, or if it's going to be in person, because what that does is it allows you to come into your real healer space. It allows you to go into that place of, okay, you know, now we're going to work into this process. So once you have the chance to talk to that person, that's a very important part of this whole process because what happens in that phase during that talk, you established not only what they expect to be the result, you know, what result are they looking for? And two, exactly what you can do for them. Now, if you are talking to someone and, you know, they're talking about stuff and you really honestly feel, you know what, this is not my area of expertise. Um, perhaps it's, it's a particular type of work that they're looking for and you know that that's not the type of work you do. Because here's the point when you really need to be honest, not just with them, but with yourself. If your gut is telling you, you know what, I may not be the right practitioner to resolve this, then that's what you have to tell them. You need to let them know. It's like, you know what, you know, I, I've heard of your case or, you know, this type of circumstance. I really haven't got that much experience working with that, with you following up with, but I can find somebody who does, someone who I can recommend to you. Because that person may just see, oh, well, they do energy work and they can work with this. But there's a lot of different ways that energy work can go. And maybe they want something from a particular tradition that you're not familiar with. I mean, it's, you can explain to them, it's like, if, if you feel that you can at least get into the ballpark, say, well, I don't do exactly that, but here's what I can do. And then you let that person decide because if you go in or they, you know, they come in with an expectation of what it is that you do when you haven't clearly defined what you do, then, you know, it's going to at some point, you know, conflict. The energy is not going to be there because they're going to come out of that work with their expectations unmet. If, you know, they think that they're going to get up off the table and walk away and be 100% cleared or 100% healed or whatever, and they can walk away and that's it. I mean, it can happen. It's very, very, very rare that that happens because issues and problems, you know, not only, you know, are they multi-layered, they also go body, mind, and spirit. So, you know, if it's from an energetic point of view, you know, if you're addressing the spirit, maybe the mind and the body still have something that needs to be done. So that kind of multi-level type of healing, more than likely that did, problem didn't start with just one thing or one event. I mean, it's possible, but unlikely. So if you have a situation where, you know, it may be a few sessions that you're going to need to work with this person, you know, and you, know, you can do a clearing, but if they are not educated in a ways that they can maintain the clearing, then it's going to be for nothing. 
because then, you know, that work, and we're going to talk about that, about, you know, what happens afterwards and instructions that you give. But the idea is that, you know, if they're coming in with the expectation that you're going to do it all, you're going to do everything, and they don't have to do anything but be there and, and be healed and walk away happy, you need to make sure they understand, you know, healing is a process. It is not an event. It is, you know, it begins, the healing begins with the work, and then they have to take it into that place of you know, really going into depth to make the healing their own. And for them to really, you want them to feel empowered enough to be able to say, you know, all right, I'm working with a cleared garden. I mean, consider it like as if, you know, you go in and, you know, you have somebody who has a garden that's a mess. So, and they say, oh, I need help with the garden, please. Can you clear out the weeds and all that stuff? You know, and you go in and you clear everything out and it's nice and you've got things, you know, saplings planted and little plants planted. And it's like, okay, you know, well, here you go. You know, you're, you're going to be fine. And then a month later you come and everything you planted is dead and the weeds are there. And they're like, well, you know, it, it just went back. It, it didn't do anything. And so you clear it out again and do it all again. And then you leave and a month you come month later you come back and it's all overgrown and and dying again. The part that's missing is the part where you say okay, every morning and every evening you need to water this. You need to keep an eye an eye out for the weeds because you need to weed this yourself. You need to keep this clear. You need to make sure that there's plant food. So you know, the idea of instructions as to how they can maintain their own garden because if you're the only one doing it, they're not empowered. And the whole thing is about empowering that person. Empowerment is an integral part of healing. So in that conversation, make sure that you have the expectations clear. Also, make sure that you ask questions about their physical health. If in your tradition, say if you burn sage or you do smudging or you do aromatics, ask if that person has any sensitivities or allergies or you know anything that would make it difficult it may be that smudge triggers coughing or asthma attack so make sure before you take them in you know that's where you know your work very well so you can say it's like well normally i burn smudge or i burn sage or i burn cedar or copal um you know these are things are you sensitive to smoke are you sensitive to um, if it's going to be a process where the person is laying on their back uh, for a while while you work on them? Are they prone to back pain? Do they have back spasms? Um, you know, and, and something to consider, you know, maybe like a little bit embarrassing. Um, you know, maybe the person has to, you know, use the restroom a lot. Maybe, you know, there's, you know, maybe bladder issues or, or kidney issues. So you want to find out about their general health. You want to find out about the things that have been going on. You want to have a discussion. If it's about healing a physical ailment, you want them to let you know all about that ailment, you know, to, so that, and a part of it is for them to say it out loud for them, because that's a part of them owning it and getting it out of that place of secrecy and getting it out in the air. Sometimes when somebody talks about something, it actually can relieve their fear around it. Because most about healing is you're reducing that person's fear so that this condition does not seem more than they can handle, that it's not overwhelming for them. So 
once you've established that, uh, you set up a, a point when you're going to work on them. Now, if, you know, in some cases, I will, if I've got like a little bit of a background or I know the person, I may schedule the work the same day as the consultation. Otherwise, the consultation is on a separate day so that that way I can set up my space to accommodate whatever it is that I'm working on. If it's strictly energetic that I'm working on or, you know, the possibility of energies that are attached to them, that's a little bit different a work than a straight physical healing so or healing work. So make sure you know what you're, you're dealing with and then take the time or schedule the time to be able to set up your space. Now, I have a, a room that I specifically use for healing works. And so the energy there is oriented towards that. And so it's it's very easy for me to just kind of be able to go in and, and have that space established. Plus, I've been doing this for a lot of years. So it's just sort of second nature. When you're first starting out, you know, it's it's very important for you to establish your space because their work is going to take place within your container. So, you know, make sure if you use smudges, if, it, if that, if that person's okay with smudging, you know, you use smudge and, you know, you clear the area. Uh, if you use candles, you know, often I will use candles as a part of setting the container. Do you have to? No. Do you have to use a particular number of candles? No. Um, sometimes I may, I may use one candle and have that be the only candle in the room. I may use candles at the direction points. This is where you figure out what your work is. Whatever works for you is what you do. Don't use candles at, you know, the four directions or whatever. If that doesn't resonate with you, if that's not a part of how, what feels balanced to you. And when you go into the room, as you set it up, there may be certain items, um, you can ask the person to bring in if they have a sacred item. You know, I always have an altar set up. If that person has a particular sacred item that is comforting to them, they can have it there and place it on the altar. And often that will be very helpful to them. So you can open that opportunity. But, you know, when you have that set up, when you have your space set up and your room set up, then, you know, and it'll feel, you can feel if something doesn't feel quite right. Just go in take a breath, close your eyes and reach out with your energy. And you can feel it's like, it's almost as if the room feels slightly tilted. And then, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the energy's not quite right. You can check maybe a candle is sputtering that you lit. Maybe an item needs to be moved to a different place. And, and it may sound like, you know, kind of pickiness, but really the container is, I mean, that's like half of the healing process is going to be in the space that it's in. And it's the better the container, the more solid the container, the more um, you know conducive it is to you bringing your energy into it and bringing your energy up in it. That is, I mean, that's the big part of the, the healing work. So, you know, make sure that it feels right, that it feels balanced. And, you know, when that person comes in, People notice, people are sensitive to it. You know, they may take a breath when they walk in. You know, they may kind of look around or their body just kind of settles in. And so, you know, that way, and you can go back and watch the sections on clearing um, and, and containers. You know, we had a video on that earlier. So go back and review that um, if you want to. So 
you've got your space ready. Uh, when the person comes in, you want to offer, you know, if they need to use the restroom first, um, you know, you want to let them know to wear nice, comfortable clothing. You know, you don't want anything tight. You don't want anything constricting. You know, you want it to be as, you know, as loose as possible. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, they, there's a dress code or anything, but just tell them to, you know, dress comfortably. Um, if they're, if you're going to work with them on their back, a really good thing is to place some type of a bolster or a pillow behind their knees so that their knees are bent. What this does is it flattens the lumbar spine because often if somebody is laying with their legs flat, the lumbar spine will curve up. And after a while, that can get uncomfortable. And if the person starts feeling uncomfortable, it takes the whole process out of a healing work because then they're distracted because you need them in that relaxed space. So just, you know, bolster behind their knees so they bend their knees up a little bit. And so that way they can rest comfortably if they need to, their shoulders elevated. So make sure you have pillows in there. Also make sure that you have blankets. Sometimes during a work, um, the... Uh, the temperature for the person can change. Suddenly they may feel very cold. If they ask for a blanket, have one there, which is very important. This is a part of that. Have everything in there that you think you're going to need. Um, sometimes people get queasy. So it's good to have like, you know, a bowl or something that, you know, in case we call it, we'll call it getting well. But, you know, if energy comes up and sometimes it can, you know, that that's an okay thing. It's just releasing the energy. Um, you want to have some water in there for them, yeah, because the idea is that once you're in the container, once you're working in it, you don't want to be going in and out of the room a lot. And you now, can you do a healing work in the middle of an expo or can you do a healing work at, at like a, a you know, ex, a, a health fair or something? Yes, you can. That's a different type of container setting for in the public. Um, that's a little bit more advanced. So if, if somebody has a particular question about that, post it in the comments and we'll go over that. But that's something that's a little more advanced and we may cover that later. But for right now, we're covering like where you have a particular space. All right. During the work, you do the work as you are called to do it. You know, don't get wrapped up. If you're a Reiki practitioner, and especially if you're a new Reiki practitioner, you know, it, well, there's always that desire to get it right. It's like, okay, did I remember to do this? Did I remember to do that? Am I supposed to go here or there? You know, and you, if you're getting nervous, they're getting nervous. Breathe. Stay in your centered place. Stay in your grounded place. You know, if, if you need to step back and just breathe for a few minutes, and what you can do is you can go back to that breathing exercise we talked about. Breathe in for four, hold for four, and exhale for eight. You can do that a couple of times. That will bring you back into your space. You know, you can't get this wrong. This is, this is something that is channeled. This is something that is involving an, a consciousness bigger than you. You just have to be a good tube. You have to be a good vessel. So just keep in mind that, you know, don't panic. Don't wonder. It's like, oh, well, do, are they feeling something? You know, because some people panic. It's like, well, it doesn't look like they're feeling anything. Or the person may say, well, I'm not feeling anything. That's okay. It doesn't mean that nothing is happening. So just don't worry about it. Don't, don't get wrapped up in what you think it should be. Just let it be what it is. Your work is your work. So however you proceed through it, you know, just make sure that, you know, you're doing a visual check. 
watch how the person is breathing. Sometimes people will kind of hold their breath a little bit. And, you know, just, you know, you can just gently say, take a deep breath and let it out. Or just go near them and go. And if they hear you doing it, they'll probably do it too. So however you work it, however you manage it, however you do your work, um, just, you know, go through that process. Stay centered, stay grounded. You know, if you need to take a break of the water in there, you can take a sip of water. If you have somebody there working with you, then what you can do is, you know, you can trade off. If, if it's an intensive work, maybe the work goes 30 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe this is a long work. And it may be that the work goes a few hours. If you need somebody to give you a break, if it's going to be a long work, then arrange to have backup, arrange to have somebody there who can also work in your tradition, who you can, you know, kind of tag team a bit, or, you know, you can work together, you can tag team, but just make sure that if you think that you're going to need backup in this, that you've got it. If during the work you realize you need backup, it, it's not the optimal situation, but it is better to pause the work, you know, bring everything gently back into the present, bring that person back into the present, you know, and say, it's like, okay, we've done a lot of work here. Uh, we're going to, you know, take a break in the work, let you have a chance to take a break. And then we're going to talk a little bit. And what you can talk about is that you want to have them come back and you want to have somebody else involved in the work that you're going to bring somebody in to help. You know, do not take on something that's more than you feel that you can handle. It, it really is important for you to be very authentic with yourself. There's nothing wrong with needing help. There's nothing wrong with reaching out. And, you know, and if you have somebody who you know who's a little more experienced, then you can talk to them about the case before it happens and say, hey, you know, I think I might need some help with this. Would you be available to come and, and back me up? Yeah, it, it really helps. Now, if you're a practitioner, you know, like if, if you're a practitioner and you're working one-on-one -on -one with a someone of the opposite sex or, or, you know, a situation where, you know, there's something that tells you, it's like, you know, I think I need to have somebody else there present. You know, it's always a good idea to have more than one practitioner present, especially for someone you haven't worked with. You know, if they have somebody who they want to bring, then great. You know, you can ask that person, you know, you can, for somebody who's just sitting and watching, you put them in a chair and you explain, okay, um, what I'd like you to do is just sit and I want you to breathe and I want you to hold a prayer. I want you, you know, give them something to do and, you know, ask them to repeat a mantra over and over again, or, you know, ask them to really think of wonderful, happy thoughts and, and fill that space with those happy thoughts. Because once you do that one, it allows in case, I mean, it's very, very rare, but in case someone decides to say, Hey, you know, something not so great happened, you've got someone there that you can, that is a, a witness to whatever it is that's going on. So, you know, do the work as you, as you normally do it. And, you know, it's, it's not a matter of watching the clock and it's really important, especially for some works to just kind of, you know, it takes as long as it takes. And some works, like I said, can be done in, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. So just go with what feels right. When it feels complete, you are complete. Don't try to go further. If it only went a half an hour and it's like, well, maybe I need to do more. No, 
the work is complete when it feels complete. And when the work is complete, that's when, you know, you make sure that the person is comfortable. Uh, as you bring them back in, you get them to take deeper breaths, ask them to take deeper breaths, you know, ask them to do things like wiggle their fingers and move their feet because actions like this brings their spirit entirely back into their body because it may be that, you know, they've kind of gone to their happy place. So allow that to come in, allow that, okay, you know, breathe in. When they feel that they can sit up, then you help them to sit up at that point until you feel they're clear you know they need you need to make sure that you are helping them that you are making physical contact with them looking in their eyes if their eyes are you know sort of look a little bit far away it's like okay you know we're just going to sit here for a bit we're going to do some breathing give them some water because drinking water will help ground them and being able to uh, kind of see, it's like, okay, you know, and you don't let them stand up right away. And when they stand up, they stand up with you, you know, if it's like you by yourself or with you and one other person standing on the other side of them, because I honestly, I have seen cases where somebody gets up, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. No problem. They take three steps and drop like a stone because they weren't fine. So you make sure if you're taking somebody out and, and, you know, with me, I have a separate office, so I bring them into my, here into my main office, but I walk them the entire way until they're sitting on the couch and, you know, I'm watching their eyes, I'm watching them move because the thing is they're going to leave that work and have to go drive or, or something like that. So you want them set. You want them to be able to be nice and calm and present. Talk to them for a while afterwards, because this is the time when you talk about aftercare. Now, as I said, if there's a particular tradition that you follow and you do the aftercare that way, but there has to be aftercare. You don't just, you know, okay, yeah, pay me, bye. No, you know, that no, 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 no. Because the thing is, is just because someone seems present doesn't mean they are. So when you're talking to them afterwards, asking them questions, are they, you know, do they still seem distracted? Do they still seem off? You keep them there until they are ready, until you feel confident that they, you know, they're fully back present. You can have like, you know, snacks or a little bit of fruit or, or something for them to, you know, kind of nosh on a little bit. And, you know, that will also help, you know, eating and drinking help to get them back present. And during that time, you talk about things like, okay, you know, I, no alcohol, no smoking, no caffeine and no processed sugars for, you know, 24 hours or, you know, what, whatever feels right to you. Um, maybe they need to do a clearing bath and, you know, go back to the section on clearing because we talked about clearing baths. Uh, maybe you want them to do a particular meditation. Maybe you want them to say a particular mantra, um, you know, the things and let them know, you know, you may feel disoriented. You may have, you know, unusual sleep patterns. You may feel worse and then after that, you feel better. Let them know what they might expect. Your appetite may change. You may find yourself sensitive to light and sound. Um, do not watch horror movies or, or play video games or anything like that. You know, no loud noises or violent imagery. You just need to have them settled and calm. Maybe you tell them they go home, have a glass of warm milk and go straight to bed or, or you know, whatever it is, 
but let them know first what they can expect and second, how they can manage it. Because if, you know, they go home and all of a sudden, you know, they, they start feeling like a little bit queasy and go, oh yeah, they told me I might feel a little bit queasy and this is what they said to do. Always let them know if you feel uncomfortable, call me. If you feel uncomfortable, give me a call and, you know, I can help you out. So, you know, when you allow them to have that opportunity to go into aftercare, to be able to say, oh, okay, I can do this. I can, I can manage this. Then you're able to let that healing process become theirs. You know, and it may be that, you know, it's like, okay, you know, if you, you know, if this is a problem of, you know, removing energy, removing negative energy, it's like, all right, what do we want to fill that space with? You may tell them you want them to journal for the next month and, you know, make, uh, do affirmations or whatever it is, you know, if something came out that they didn't like, what do you want to fill that space with? So, you know, whatever it is that the aftercare, and, and it will depend specifically on what it is that that person's looking for, but make sure they understand that, you know, there are phases to healing and some of those phases may be uncomfortable. Let them know. So that way, if it happens, they're not scared. Okay. So, um, those are the main aspects of it, you know, before, during, and after. So yeah, consider what type of work you do, consider your tradition and create that whole process. And once you create it, I mean, you can create a handout, you know, just type up something that you can hand to people and give to them and say, Hey, you know, here is, you know, here's, here's your instructions with your number on it that says, Oh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm able to, to, understand this and I have a way to contact the person. So, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you have questions about anything else, then please leave a comment and I will answer any questions in the next episode. And also I want to remind everybody that, um, my Patreon link, if you would like to sponsor me, uh, and help the channel grow and help me to get, you know, better cameras and editing software and all that kind of stuff. Um, to be able to do that, you know, I'm, I'm appreciating support. So if you log or sign up at, it's a, like a $2, $5, 10, 50 and a hundred dollars a month. And it's a donation that a contribution that goes every month. And at the $5 level and up on the 29th, I'm going to be doing a special live stream and I will be, it's going to deal with things that are a little bit more advanced. And this will be only to those who are $5 and up Patreon subscribers. So between now and the end of the month, you can be able to log into that. And if you become a supporter, then you will have access to that particular live stream. So otherwise, uh, you can subscribe to the channel. Uh, it's really great to see it grow. You can comment, you can share, and please like it. So um, if you want to reach me, you can do so through my Twitter, uh, at Dr. Eileen HH. And you can also uh, join up our Facebook group, Medicine Walk with Dr. Eileen. So however you need to reach me, I'm available. And... I think that just about covers everything for today. So 
Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week. And as always, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings from my heart to yours. Love you. And class dismissed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.